Welcome back, everyone, to What in the World podcast, where we discuss all things past, present, and future with the sport of Whirly Ball. I'm Steve Vogt, the ambassador. We're joined by Mark Mills, a.k.a. Cramyard Slim. Hello. And, of course, everyone's good friend, Mr. Noah Aaron. You know him. How we doing? And we just happen to be joined by uh, one of our favorite individuals of all time in the Whirly Ball community. At least my, I mean, I guess I can't speak for Noah and Mark. I'll let them uh, speak for themselves. But one of my favorite uh, individuals, uh, Mr. Snowy Swanson of Texas, ladies and gentlemen. Woo! Woo! Thank you, thank you. Welcome to Voice You Know and Hear. (laughs) (laughs) How you doing? Doing good, doing good. I'm uh, just surviving. I um, I just had surgery uh, two weeks ago oh, on my goodness. elbow, so I should be good to go by um, beginning of January to be able to start playing again. So I am really ready to get back out in the court. You're bionically <laughs> reconstructing? Do what? Uh, well, Noah, I believe, asked if you were bionically reconstructed. I'm not sure what Mark said. Oh, oh I said it seems to be going around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. James is over here. Also, my uh, my surgery buddy. Um, it's not full bionic. It was a tear that was happening on my tricep uh, tendon that connects to my elbow. So we're just gonna. You know, so he had to go in and clean up a bone spur, and then uh, fix him, fix a little tendon, and fix the bursa bursa sac, and, and now I'm just the healing process. This is the uh, the rookie of the year surgery, uh, if I recall correctly, where it, it tightened the tendons too much and made him a major league baseball pitcher. I I asked that so many times. That was my dream. <laughs> he's gonna start he's gonna start shooting like Eric LaPlante, you know, come come the <laughs> national tournament. He's gonna have a rocket arm. <laughs> Ross and I don't know if anybody shoots quite that hard. Yeah, Eric is is Eric had the surgery. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it worked for him. He's the spokesperson for it, apparently. <laughs> Perpetual rookie of the year. Yeah. It's also why he looks so young all the time. Uh, but surgeries <laughs> aside, uh, glad you're doing well, and uh, I, that's going to be awesome. You're going to get back on the court uh, January. Uh, look forward to that. And uh, what's been going on in the world there? I mean, you're... You're you're part of the uh, Whirly Ball National Players Association. I think uh, it's that's a good place to start in terms of yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's important to yeah. remind our audience that not only is is uh, uh, Steve a member of the association, he's the it's his brainchild. As as Snowy remains uh, currently really the only uh remaining owner of a whirly ball center that competes regularly at nationals and uh and supports the national players uh community uh, as a player of of you know uh, still playing and i think that's important to to, to point out and uh thank you yeah. we, we welcome your your advocacy and guidance <laughs> Um, you know, the, uh, um, Gary also is, uh, he's trying to get back into, he's been busy. And so Gary's going to start getting back into national. So we look forward to seeing him this year as well. Um, Gary's also one of the owners in Texas. Nice. And so, um, this should be, should be exciting to get him back. Um, it, 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 
provides a different view for the WNPA, the Rollerball National Players Association, to have an owner there to be go, okay, guys, you really can't do that and do this, and like owners aren't going to allow people to, to dictate these sort of things, or, you know, an owner should be okay with this. Um, it allows right. you to do that. We do have some interesting news that came out. We actually did some stuff. And we did some votes, and we actually had a change in how we're handling tournament this year. And that's going to be that we now have a sixty day, uh, sixty days out for Ev to actually announce your team. So you'll turn in your teams to your team rep, and individuals can also register, which we haven't done before. At sixty days out, and then at thirty days out is when all teams are approved. So the idea is, is if somebody registers an individual, we can find them a spot for 30 days out. And then on the flip side, if you're someone who says, oh, hey, you know what? We're just going to double dip one of these guys. You can put in a request for that player, but that's not a guarantee that he's actually going to be on that team. Because we may need to have somebody fill in that spot who doesn't have a home yet. Because it's most important that we just in, try to include as many people as possible in this crazy bumper car sport that we play. You know, it's really, it feels more like a family than anything else. And I think it's important to be as inclusive as possible. Yeah. I think it also uh, gives us the opportunity when a team gets proposed at the last minute, that is, uh, questionable at best in terms of competitiveness whether it's far too powerful for a given division or um, maybe we should change divisions uh, for uh, uh, you know competitive reasons um, in the past it's been like well we don't have any time uh, th- this is it, it's kind of like a hostage situation it's either like you know this is it the team either comes or they don't come and it's five days away and they got plane tickets and it's not fair to make these changes. And so now 60 Days Away allows us to have that conversation um, with the opportunity to, to uh, make the right changes, to solve the problems, to make sure that we evaluate competitive lists. And, and like you're saying, the last couple of years where it's been a real scramble to grab a couple of individuals um, and, and enable them to play, you know, especially now that we're having... Uh, you know, a couple of centers have closed. Wouldn't it have been nice to be able to hang on to a couple of those Orlando guys a little bit? But it's so hard to participate in nationals as a as an individual. So this the really exciting opportunity to have a um, uh, uh, to make this happen. And, right. And and I think you know, uh, sixty days prior, I think it's it's not. It doesn't feel like an unreasonable target. Um, it feels like, yeah, about two months before we're, we're all looking to travel and make arrangements. And so it, it would make sense to have, have our team set. We're going to be, you know, wanting to practice. We're going to want, you know, it seems like a reasonable time frame, both for like, Hey, we, we've, we've figured it out and we've got a proposal. And also if we need to make changes, we can. Right. And that allows us to and gives us the affordability to do it. I'm I'm really excited for for that. I'm glad that we got something um, in our what, what do we call it our legislative session or rules working period. Mm-hmm. And so um, and then we're now on to the next subject. 
yeah. on to the next one, next uh, next thing that we're looking for. And, and, and I'm sure the next topics that, that the National Players Association is working on, these are like the low-hanging fruit, the easy stuff, stuff that everyone can agree because the answers are so obvious, right? Exactly. That's the goal. Well, maybe not. <laughs> um, but we're looking at unlimited. Unlimited. I've heard of it. Controversy. Yeah, maybe that would be a better name for the uh, uh, for the competition in unlimited. Maybe just change it to the controversy competition. Has a better has a better ring to it. Yeah, the controversial champion. Yeah. <laughs> that way, there's. <laughs> There's always a question about, you know, who really won. Yeah. What does it mean? Yeah. <laughs> is anyone the... truly a winner? <laughs> yeah, and, and I guess to that end, right, it's it it is about, you know, something that we've heard from the community and that we, we, we've been talking about a lot is the meaning of unlimited and what does it mean? And it really is about finding uh which center can put can put together the best team, the the best five players from a center, and crown them champion. I think that that is uh, uh, at least for me. I'm, I'm I'm you know we've talked about mixing teams, we've talked about all stars, but but that has come through strongly from I think from both the Worley Ball community as well as the the conversations on uh, in the association. Well, we've reached that point. I think there's been enough players. There's been enough. Uh, discussion. We've reached that point where change uh, it, it definitely needs to be considered. Considered for sure. Absolutely, because I I feel it has become kind of stagnant. Yeah. And you know what can we? And, and obviously, there's argument. Uh, is should we change it up uh, to pander to the players and you know cr- you know make it more exciting or should we stick to our an all star skills yeah, competition st- yeah or should we stick to the roots and the 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 meeting and the true you know the the spirit of unlimited which is in, in the old rules where you have to win a in order mm-hmm. to get in and mm-hmm. uh, otherwise what's the point you're not going to stand a chance you know mm-hmm. I mean. These are all the arguments and stuff, but there's a, been a really or exciting a or make it a division. Yeah. And and so there's been a really interesting conversation around uh, inclusion and competition. Um, and I wonder, Snow, if you wouldn't mind walking through uh, an exciting proposal that's being considered. Right. So right now, um, the idea the idea is that originally I, if I was, if I was king for a day, I would make it to where every, and, uh, I, I'm going to start saying state, I think, because, um, otherwise us, uh, states who have more than one center could do some tomfoolery with, uh, centers if we did best center and all that stuff. So I think we may need to start changing a little bit of verbiage towards a uh, state, um, and so each state has their best five, and then it works like almost like the Mortal Kombat old, the old Mortal Kombat where um, you have to work your way up the ladder, and then all the states would be ranked based off how they did the previous year. That means you have to fight a mere version of your team. Mega Seattle. You... <laughs> Sorry, I played a lot of Mortal Kombat. <laughs> 
Well, I mean, it's, it's, sometimes it's what it looks like uh, whenever <laughs> there's only like one person switching back whenever there were like two teams per per center, right? And so, yeah. for um, but yeah, so uh, that's the, uh, the that's the that was my idea. Um, and so we were pitching, we we're talking to people. People seemed to kind of like it. And then uh, when it came down to it, um, it looks like that uh, not as many people are as excited about it as that they were. And um, there are some people who see unlimited as um, limited as as a far as I know started back in 1997. So there's a long history and there's a, a going to be a change in evolving because 1997 Unlimited is very different from the Unlimited we have today. Yeah. The rules that they played back then are very different than the rules to in order to make it into Unlimited. It was very different then than it was, you know, recently. Um, and so, like, this thing is constantly kind of evolved and changed. And I think it's I think it's important for us to kind of move with where we need to go. Uh, I think that if allowing each state to have a representative would make it to where, you know, uh, Minnesota. So Minnesota, uh, they have two C teams. Could they be competitive in B? Well, this would allow them to give that shot, right? Because they'd be playing Chicago. And then like, let's look at Chicago, Chicago next year, year after may have probably, well, more than 50%, I think we'll have two teams in B. Could their best five be competitive in A? Do they want to spend a whole year of practice in order to do this? That seems like a hefty ask. Mm-hmm. So one, you could just keep two B teams and then they could uh, take their best five, have them play in this much smaller thing and see kind of where they stack up and how they play against like Atlanta or, you know, one of these other, one of these other uh, upper tier guys or us. And that would allow uh, Cleveland as well. <laughs> um, and that would allow them to kind of have that feel that it could, cause once we make a decision on this, I don't see us coming back to revisiting it anytime soon. Yeah. And so, so just, just to break down and, and, and restate what you said, because I think it's it's a fascinating Mortal Kombat style tournament with a little bit of the America's Cup thrown in there. So if we take uh, this most recent year's results of divisional play, um, we would, uh, including the unlimited. So it's kind of a mixed hybrid of uh, unlimited and, and the divisional play. We would see that uh, Seattle is the reigning unlimited champion. Michigan is the reigning unlimited challenger. Um, Texas, I think one of the teams placed third in A. Uh, and Correct. then um, Atlanta competed well in A. Uh, and then Chicago, uh, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland won B. And then Chicago played in B. And uh, Minnesota played in C. And so the rankings for this... Mortal Kombat style tournament, um, as you were saying, Minnesota would play uh, Chicago. The winner of that would play um, uh, Cleveland. Uh, th- the winner of that would play Atlanta. The winner of that would play uh, Texas. The winner of that would play Michigan. And the winner of that would play uh, for the Unlimited Cup against Seattle. Sounds like a lot of games. Well, it's it's a lot. I mean, it's five, right? Like that's five, six games. Yeah. So, which it, is it essentially like well, five games total, and then how many games do we play now for unlimited? Three. It's a best. It's a best of three. three. So it's either two or three games. 
Mm-hmm. And and you wouldn't play them back to back, right? So you'd have them spread yeah. out. So like one would be the first one would be like Thursday morning, and the next one would be Thursday afternoon, and then they would you would just you would pace it out that way, mm-hmm. and then Friday morning, and and build it that way. So that way you that way the team that always gets the normally gets like a warm up game, quote unquote, ends up doing better. Yeah. So you want to kind of remove that advantage out of it. And that would that would give you a bit of time. Uh, I think that being more inclusive is a better uh, a better idea to have and to follow through on. Um, but there are people out there who like unlimited, who think that you know it's um, this is the the cream of the crop. They like the fact, and a lot of people um, people who I've talked to who have played in it think um, that. It, well, they're not wrong. It makes them special, right? Like it yes. gives. It's they worked so hard to get here. They've been doing it for so long. This is now their the, the thing that makes them feel special, and it's their time in the light. Yeah, and and, and especially with um, you know, uh, the, the 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 rule that you have to have one A to even participate in this. So. Uh, you know, if I look at it from, let's say, Michigan's perspective, uh, after the results of this year going to next year, um, you know, they might ask, what, why, what, uh, uh, why should they have to play against uh, likely a Texas team for in order to qualify for the unlimited championship? Texas hasn't won a yet, and so why should Michigan? Uh, be penalized in in a way in, during this change um, to remove them by at least one game from competing for the unlimited cup. I think is is kind of what you're talking about, right? Well, and and let's, I'll, I'll be honest. If Texas wanted to play unlimited, if that was my whole goal, if this was one big long, you know, pulling the wool over people's eyes for me for uh, for me to get a Texas team into unlimited, I, I would need to do all this. Do, do you I think just, I would just do it? Do you think right. Texas could make a team to compete right now? Absolutely, we win. But my point is, <laughs> is that we're, my goal here is to get more inclusive for the community as a whole, because I think yeah. it's more important that we, as a community, um, have a change. Yeah, and, and, and to that um, point, bringing all those centers. Uh, to that point, I, I totally agree with you, and I think that um, there's a bit of a false dichotomy that gets um, or false, false argument that gets set up when we talk about like Minnesota being included in the unlimited tournament. I think people immediately jump to uh, like uh, Minnesota playing against Michigan or Seattle's unlimited teams and, you know, the score being 100 to four at halftime um, right. uh, and it not being good for anybody. But recalling that they have to work up that ladder so their game would not be against the unlimited teams their game would be against the next center so in this case with last year's uh, it would be against chicago and maybe that is already a bit too much of a jump but it it uh, right. well it, an unlimited aside uh to your guys's point the inclusiveness it, it's an opportunity for those uh teams to get better, to learn the game, to be able to uh, come back that next year and show improvement. And, uh, and who knows, it may not even be the, the same team. They may opt to change it up because they decide the best five is no longer 
the the five that previously played. And I just had a quick question uh, regarding. So, let's say if we were to enact this this next year, um, let's say it did it did come down to Michigan and Seattle again, would it just be? Uh, one game elimination, or because Seattle won last year, they would have Michigan would have to beat them twice. It, the champion right now, I think we're talking about the championship game would remain a best of three. Correct. Okay, so then that's is that so that technically that would be more potentially more than five games in. Yeah, I mean, oh, okay. Oh, totally, yes. Yeah. I was talking about adding in, like we're talking about adding in like five games, right? In this case, which games. is not. Yeah, which is which is not many. I mean, there's yeah, sim- that's, that's not a lot of time. Simultaneously, not many. But the committee also needs to consider. You know, this last year we were uh, these are good problems to have, but we have a lot of teams in the tournament, and so the tournament needs to figure out how to deal with. Well, uh, yeah, more so. We we actually had to do seating games. That what was it Wednesday. We had a handful we, we of seating games. Yeah, yeah, we had a handful of seating games. So we, we played, yeah, three or three and a half days um, of, of seating to make space. Uh, and uh, I think that's something that we need to be a, a little mindful of because you're right, five games isn't nothing, but it depends on what we add that. If, if we're already adding five games to an already over full schedule, then the problem isn't those additional five games. It's the already over full schedule. And those games would be... Uh, Roughly, I don't eight minute halves or well the unlimited or, games. Would, that's a great point. The unlimited games. I had been thinking of them because they're so meaningful of of them being the full thirty minute games. Okay, so that's a uh, uh, arguably a sub yeah a substantial amount of time that would oh, need yeah. to be added. So, uh, with that said. The I guess a discussion like you guys were saying, we would need to consider maybe even uh, adding, you know, maybe Wednesday is another full day of seating. Yeah, and potentially, I think, and, and and like Snowy's saying, I don't think the 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 growth uh, that is incurred by these additional five games takes us from three days to four days of of nationals. I think that the tournament is growing the number of teams when you have you know the difference in a round robin tournament between six teams in a division and nine teams in a division right that's exponential growth um and and if we added a 10th team to a division like it's crazy um uh the 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 additional number of games just because of the the you know the factor of permutation there so the the um that is the root of the problem that we need to solve um and, uh, yeah, I, I think that these five additional games, while they are an addition, they're, they're, um, the camel's back may have already been broken with this straw laid on top of it. So ultimately, right. is it going to be the, if this does go into effect this next tournament, is that going to be a decision that the WNPA uh you know, does that fall into them? Yeah, the schedulers. Right. The, the, the ones who make the schedule of the tournament, um, you know, the schedule uh, always uh, has the the lessons learned and advice from, you know, Clint Fisher um, will always have a part in it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it's Chicago's tournament, and I'm sure Clint is going to work with Bill and the team and, and Dead, uh, you know, and the guys up there. Um 
to to schedule the tournament, but that is a responsibility uh, that that falls on the home center and the and the and the committee. Any last thoughts on right. that, uh, Snowy or Mark? No, I'm 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 ready. Uh, I'm ready to to see what uh, what the WNPA decides. I think that um, we're, we're, I'm making a strong case right now, um, but you know we'll we'll see what uh, where the votes fall on. And importantly, you know, we talk about inclusion. If you have thoughts or feelings yes. or ideas, bring them to your committee members. We're having heated discussions. Uh, the members are here to advocate for the, the player community at large. So please get a hold of your the leadership at your center and make your voices heard because you guys are, uh, are going to help make this decision. Uh, can we do a quick rundown of who those individuals are? I know for Seattle, it's you... Jay and Barrett, if I'm correct. Yeah, the U is me in this case, because there are four of us here. Uh, yes. Aw, <laughs> man. And then there's uh, Texas. It's uh, obviously you, Snowy, and Austin. Uh, Carter. And Thomas. And Thomas. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chicago. Uh, it's Bill and I saw Dead. Dead. Bill and Dead? Yeah. Sean. Yeah. Sean Robert. Excellent. And then for uh, Kyle Phillips is Atlanta plus plus Minnesota now. Well, uh, I think I think Minnesota is technically repped by Cleveland. Oh, are they? Okay. Oh, okay. Um, but yeah, it, uh, uh, Kyle maintains uh, all kind of all centers. So all centers that that aren't uh, you know the burgeoning centers. So. Um, certainly he'll, he'll represent Minnesota. He'll represent St. Louis. Um, he'll represent Orlando. He'll Miami. represent Miami, uh, and he'll represent Atlanta. Um, that sounds like a lot of power. It's, uh, uh Kyle <laughs> wields his pink hat fiercely, but fairly. Yes. And then, uh, Michigan, Michigan, Italy. uh, Doug Troyer, oh. Timmy Austin, and uh, Clint Fisher, and then yeah, Cleveland, as you said, is uh, Chile, Chileola. And so I yeah. feel like we're missing someone. Uh, no, we. I think we covered all. Three, I think we covered six, nine, two, one, one. That's thirteen people. We said. Yep, thirteen. How many we have? Oh, perfect. We Excellent. All right, cool. So yeah, make sure to reach out to those individuals if you have questions, comments. Uh, all that good stuff. Yep. But moving on, uh, my favorite topic of the evening is uh, what uh, I would say that Seattle and Texas have been doing uh, an absolute tremendous job on uh, within this past year. And that would be streaming uh, of our leagues. Uh, both have definitely, uh, you know, I, I mean, streaming in of itself is, just, is, is very, I mean, I mean, we all know what that is, but uh, we've <laughs> we've all put our own <laughs> basic twists on it. And and Snowy, you've been do- tweaking it. Uh, you, you've been doing. Uh, you know, you named it the World Ball Regional League uh, for you guys. Um, and then uh, you've been adding uh, certain graphics, and you've been commentating as well. Uh, you've been doing it, I believe, on was it Sundays and Wednesdays? You guys have been is that, are those the days you've been streaming your leagues? Uh, one night is Plano, and the other one is in Hearst. And then yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, I was doing that up until uh, Thanksgiving because then we take a break from Thanksgiving till after the New Year for uh, uh, for family time. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, and we're and we're almost there as well. I think we we have potentially the playoffs next week. Playoffs on Monday. Yeah, and Monday will be uh, what is that? December fourth. Yeah, yep. yeah. Playoffs December. are going to be Monday, yeah. December fourth. Seattle playoffs, and then yeah, we too will shall take the, a break, and then we'll have pickup games until the new year. But yeah, right. this is really awesome, exciting. I love being able to just like. Uh, uh, go on and see uh, my friends uh, and new players and what they're doing and 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 how they're developing and just to li- and to listen to the games and be able to hear some um, commentary and some uh, uh, comedic uh, you know people on there. Uh, I know I I had mentioned on our live stream uh, I was watching uh, Texas not too long ago and Snowy, you were talking with uh, one of your players, uh, Mr. John Hansen. And uh, I was highly entertained. He's a, a really cool dude, it seems like. I, I actually I didn't really get a chance to talk with him this last uh, tournament, but I intend to just because he's seems he's got a good head on his shoulder. He's a funny guy. Uh, so I look forward to uh, listening to him more uh, on your guys' live stream, you know, if, if he opts to do that. Right. He's, um, he's been – very helpful with uh, with allowing me and giving me advice along with Thomas, um, who is also a professional broadcaster. So Thomas, Thomas, professional broadcaster. John was a professional broadcaster for a while um, back in I'll say back in a previous life. But um, and then uh, my graphics are being done by a guy named Randy Booth, who mm. was super helpful in all of that. And then uh, for technology and getting technical direction, um, Greg Ruska was my uh, was my go-to guy he's the one who helped me pick out which you know which microphones which soundboard um how to set it up how to try to get that dynamic sound left right sound that you hear um in in those live streams uh, without without those guys i couldn't have done it and special thank you to the, my team for uh dallas dad bots who drove and played twice a week that was a big commitment by them um and so i really appreciate that um ross brad uh jack um, uh, Doc and uh, Austin. I really appreciate them coming out, you know, twice a week, including and Daniel Bostic. So it was really good to have those guys there twice a week, helping me out, getting it going. Um, and without without them, I, I couldn't have really been able to do as much as I did. Uh, it didn't quite go exactly like how I wanted because I didn't think I was going to have to run graphics and do all this stuff sometimes myself. Um, but that's okay. It's all, it's all a learning process. Well, that's why you assign it to some people and say, Hey, you know, I'll, uh, I'll spot you five bucks off your, uh, whirly ball game. If you opt to run the graphics or I don't know, some crazy idea like that. Um, yeah, we, we actually, we haven't gotten to the point of graphics yet, but it, I mean, it's been talked about and, and, you know, I, we'd be remiss if we didn't think, uh, Jeff Jackson, who has Heck been yeah. um, instrumental, the man, the man in terms of our live stream here. He just he brings all the equipment in every time. Um, and although I will say a special shout out to all the Seattle players who recently all chipped in to uh, allow Jeff to purchase the specific uh, camera that we have right lens. now, lens. the lens. Excuse me, thank you. No, that's why I have you here. You're the man in terms of. Uh, all the technology and stuff because 
Well, you just are. Um, so yeah, thanks Jeff for that. And then he actually, and even before that, we had uh, two of his um, uh, colleagues and friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, I sincerely apologize; I cannot remember their names, but um, they were camera operators. Yeah, camera operators. They would set themselves up in the corner of the court, and we'd have like different views of the the, the action, and it just made the game that much more exciting. And the point being is with all of this um, de- developing and in action, it makes the game that much more exciting. And I really think we're, you know, going in a really good direction here for the sport. Yeah, it's That's a bit- the goal. Yeah, I, I think that having... You know, uh, uh, like you say, it's the goal be, being uh, having an approachable product, having a lot of media out there, being able to have something that, uh, you know, at least when, when we think about it on, on our side in Seattle is, is something approachable where you can, you know, someone might uh, uh, come across it and, whoa, I've never seen that before. I want to do it. Um, you know, getting generating awareness. Um and eventually, maybe making a uh, a product out of it, out of out of the streams, and and raising that quality, and keeping uh, keeping it approachable. Um, yeah, uh, uh, build, building the audience uh, that that'll eventually build the player pool. And ha- have you watched uh, the Seattle streams at all, Snowy? Uh, I did. I was, uh, I was able to make one of them, and then I had surgery. Um, and I was, uh, I was watching it. Um, I was actually recording, um, highlights from it because I've, I can grab, I can bring it in and my stuff and do that. And I was thinking about making like highlight videos out yeah. of it. Um, cause I thought it'd be super funny to like, um, there's one, the one I was, the first one I watched was, uh, what last time I watched was Joe started yelling at Weber in the booth. And oh yeah. My, <laughs> And I was thinking about like grabbing him, yelling at him, and then just freeze frame it, and then like crazy wavy fonts says Joe Tiffany highlights or like little sparkles, um, <laughs> and then just go, go through and do that. Or um, Jay, who like he yelled at me and then gave me the double birds, and I was like, oh, I can zoom in on that and then blur out the fingers, and then be like Jay Pena highlights, a little twinkly lights. And I was like, oh man, that'd be so funny. I was like, oh, those guys be fine. I was like, I feel like that they wouldn't you know get like super mad at me or be offended if I like if I kind of joke with them like that. Um, I was like, I don't know a whole lot of your, your player pool. And so I don't want to like, I don't want to come across to offend anybody. That's not really my goal. Um, I'm just trying to have some fun. And cause in order for you to do anything on YouTube, you need to have a thousand subscribers. You need 40, um, yeah, 40,000, uh, watched hours. Mm. Like well, that. snowy, I would be offended if you did not offend me. Uh, so feel free to take any still frame you want of me and, uh, I I'm all for it for all the times that you're yelling. Yeah, at people. I agree. Yeah. Well, you know what? Block. I'm just now that, well, now that I know that he's doing that, I'm just going to become like this very aggressive, angry player on the court and people aren't going to know what to do. It's, it's going to be roll middle all roll over middle. again. Yeah. Roll middle. roll middle. Couldn't hurt. Couldn't hurt. Um, and I guess I would, the only, yeah, I, I, like I said, I've been watching a number of the Texas streams and, uh, like I said, it's a good, uh, product you got going. Uh, I get, I mean, there's a, a couple times where the, um, uh, the feed, uh, gets a little blurry and lags, but 
aside from that, I mean, that's just, I mean, I, I think that's just the, 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 the connection, right? Uh, I mean, I'm not sure what much you can do about that, but, um, aside from that, like I said, it's really cool. And, uh, still trying to memorize all the acronyms that you uh, Texas players have assigned to the, uh, uh, the player pool, so to speak. Um, yeah. But I think that's, I, I, it's a really cool thing uh, that, you know, because in order to, you know, make this more mainstream and, 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 you know, popularize the sport, you know, we need to, you know, have more defined, uh, positions and in that way people know exactly it's like oh well you know this guy is this far back beyond the court what exactly is he where is he what what position is he playing right now instead of just assigning well he he's the four that's the three you know it's so it's uh i i like it like i said i I, I had these real illusions of grandeur that I was going to be able to like do this whole like breakdown of like, Oh, here's all the positions. And so if this team has, and I, and my plan was to grab the players and put their, what position they actually play normally in. So if you have two players who are used to just being offensive rovers and they have no goalies, well, get ready to see the other team score a bunch. Mm. That was my idea of why I was trying to do it. And then it just never came across. Like, I never explained anything about it. I never said, and I was, you guys pointed out, and I was like, oh my gosh, I cannot <laughs> believe I did that. Okay, yeah, that's fine. Well, we're here now, and that's we'll, we'll try to address a little bit of it. But I'm not going to be able to, to go back and and. and create like I was gonna do like a whole intro thing into like whirly ball and explanation I did it like a couple times and I was like I I don't have the mental fortitude to do this every week and then I never sat down and made it so next time we come out I'll have videos because I figured out how to interlay videos and I was like okay I'm just gonna have a video play to do the thing my actual intro and then I'm gonna start it out um and that's gonna take you know some more help and work for my friends um it's time is the most valuable thing people can give and um, I don't charge for practice. Um, they do come out and play and play for free, but they are giving up their time to come out and do it. And so I always feel really guilty asking my guys to like do a bunch of stuff other than like work on cars and ref and like normal whirly ball things, just because it, you know, I'm already getting that time from them. And so like, I have a, that's my own thing. I got to work through to like, not <laughs> to feel okay about asking. Yeah. You're, you're by giving that practice time for free, you're giving them a lot. So I think it's it's right. perfectly fair to ask for some recompense. Then I think it's cool that you what, have what, commercials too, as well. Yeah, yeah those were uh, donated by uh, Thomas and uh, Ruska. Ruska got uh, me some ad council. Uh, I nice. originally asked if I could get those old four by three ad councils, yes. or like courage and friendship, pass it on. Because uh, I thought that'd be so funny if I could play one of those after just a huge screaming match between a player and a ref. I was yeah. like, oh man, that'd be great. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, you can't have that any better. Um, but, awesome. but what he got me was good. And then uh, Thomas gave me, he does um, broadcast for all the high school football teams around here. And so uh, he was able to give me some of those so that I could use that. So that, that way, eventually, I can do ad breaks in it. Um, and show what the product would look like eventually the idea if I can, if I can sell it, I'm not sure what it's going to be yet. Um, I'm not sure what this is going to turn into yet, but it was like, um, start with this idea, just like my commentating, my commentating changed, right? Like Mm -hmm. it went from play by play to more of a 
talk about stuff kind of feel because I realized that um, I listened to a lot of Razor Ray, who's a hockey commentator, and he does a dual a simulcast of uh, radio and TV. Mm. But they, you know, where so they're watching on the TV, they don't, I don't have to sit there and explain everything that's happening. I can talk about other things and have that. Um, I did learn though, that I need that other person to talk to. Otherwise I, I will just, I will just talk to myself. Right. And, and that's, just and that's the up. beauty of having two people is that, you know, you guys can go back and forth in terms of what's happening on the court, but you know, then you can just, you know, have a, what's seemingly a conversation at the same time. That way, you know, people aren't, you know, hearing the same stuff regurgitated week after week, you know, there's, there's actual personality, uh, involved in the commentary. So, and, and I think I've only, I've had one time where I've talked with one other person. I know two times I talked with Jeff and Dustin once, and it really Mm -hmm. does help. It does. It really does make it more, uh, entertaining to listen and watch. So, um, yeah, have that second person if you can. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Marcus Stan. That that is that is that is a really good duo. You guys are doing an awesome job. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. So yeah, um, I'm missing streaming right now. Um, I am really looking forward to get back to it um, at invites this year. There's an invite. Oh, is that a segue? (laughs) Yeah. Zing. Oh, there's an invite. There's an invite that I'm hosting that I'm super excited about. You know, that's so cool. I, mean, I wish, I wish I, I mean, that would be cool. Maybe one day I could say I'm hosting an invite. Oh, that's pretty sweet. Yeah, that is pretty sweet to say you're hosting it. It begs the question, when and where? When and where? Yes, that is a great question. That uh, I originally had, February and 3rd, I still have it. February third through sixth, you third. say? Third uh, through fifth. Third through fifth. So the third through the fifth. So it'll be Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. Saturday, Sunday, Monday. What? And as of right now, I've got all of Saturday blocked off, and Sunday and Monday. Wow. What are you What are you calling this uh, prestigious event? Well, Clint decided the name. Um, I, uh, I originally wanted to dedicate it to the Whirly Widows, um, which is, um, what my friend group's wives all call themselves. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it would you know, the Whirly Widows, uh, weekend, um, mm. whenever we go to Nashville, they go and hang out and stuff. So like that was, that was originally, um, what the plan, well, what, what I thought we were going to do. And then, uh, Clint made it the, the snow invites. I was like, sure. Um, I think this is something I want to host every year. So I think we should come up with like an actual name name. Um, and maybe, you know, WNPA decides it or something. And then, you know, like, um, I also want to have like a, a trophy. Um, and I'm working on that still. And I talked about that last time. I'm still working yeah, on that. Okay. Um, I think you talked about that last episode. Yep. So four I did. Years I in four years. Tell you what, if you told me that it was going to take me <laughs> four years to get, yeah, I know. Right. That's it's, it's crazy. It's crazy. But, um, uh, yeah, that's, that's, that's kind of my goal. Um, I think that the, uh, doing it this way is good because whenever we're trying to do just like invites where somebody's inviting everybody, that's a lot of onus on the person doing the inviting. Yeah. Um, 
And I don't necessarily want to do that. Like people are like, Oh, well, am I going to get invited? And I was like, Oh, I guess that was the thing we did last year, but this year seems, I was like, I was like, if you really want me to send out messages, I will. I will message everyone in that world football group if they want to come to the invites. Because um, the more people we have, the better I think it'll be. And we can actually do like three divisions and, and we can, because you need at least, probably at least 20 people per division. Yeah. Um, more, more than likely 25. Like I think I have anywhere from 70 to 90 right. that I'm, I'm really kind of sitting in there. Well, looking at the numbers right now, I, I don't know if that's possible. I mean, yeah. just because in terms of like the A division, it doesn't seem like we have a ton of out-of-state A coming yet. Although, you know, Noah was saying Jay is now going to go, sound like Brad Peters. So we actually have, you know, five A players going from Seattle. So... Uh, that's uh, promising. And then uh, I'm assuming there's going to be a number of the A players from Texas, a handful from Michigan. So it it could still happen, and we have plenty of time. You know, we plenty of time to figure it out. So I'm really hoping that uh, we do get to have this three-division tournament because that would be uh, something spectacular. be pretty sweet. Yeah, that's, that's the hardest part is uh, getting the balancing. And that's yeah. like as for invites go, whenever you have like 10, 12 teams, no, uh, how fun is that to balance? <laughs> right. Well, and then you, I mean, how, how, how are we looking at potentially determining teams this year? Uh, I think, I think I would. So I had this idea of what if it looked like the NFL draft? Now, not as actually the whirly ball version. Are, are <laughs> you NFL trap. Are you Roger Goodell in this scenario? Yes. I uh, yes. Yes. <laughs> absolutely. I want to stand Boo. at the podium and call him. <laughs> I mean, that's what everyone has to do. That's what everyone does for him. So we got to boo you. And, uh, <laughs> that's perfectly fine. I'm here for, I think um, I think it'd be great. Um, and the hardest part about it is we have like the first two rounds already decided. And then the captain and co-captain would then decide the next three. Um, and you, we could do that for the uppers. And then we could do that for the next division down. Uh, whenever you get to like the C guys, you, they kind of need a coach. You know, like, like, so like in my ideal world, um, I would have, you know, um, five coaches or six coaches who are willing to take on a team for them. And I'm not looking at, you know, the, the leaders of the, the, the upper lowers or the upper uppers, not those guys are coaching, but the ones, you know, the three, the third through fifth round guys on both of those top and then the middle and have five six guys somewhere in there who will go and okay yeah we can coach stuff because in c it's like it's all pretty much the same stuff like it's pretty pretty it's pretty simple so i think that um that would be the best route to kind of go is to get those guys really involved right and c you're essentially playing the system you're not playing the player um and and, exactly. it's, get, and it's getting them to you know uh execute the system yeah, even better and become more familiar. Um, I like the idea. I guess my only concern, and I know others out there share this, if we do the NFL draft style, I like that. I would just, the only kind of tweak that I would make, particularly with the A uh, and maybe the B divisions, is if, you know, instead of just having one captain, maybe you have, you assign two players 
uh, one offensive and one defensive player. Because uh, to me, that would make, you know, it impossible for there to be, you know, some wonky or, you know, overpowered teams. It, help, uh, yeah. it would help a little bit. But um, that's just my two cents. Yeah, I think at some point we had talked about, you know, if there are, let's say, 25 players in the top division and so they're going to be five teams that some secret cabal of, of decision makers would try and level load, you know, you, you, you can pick the first five top players and then try and pick the second top five players and then level load the, the pairs uh, so that you'd sort of get two right. captains and then have those two captains uh, together perform a snake draft. I dig it. Correct. Yeah, that's 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 exactly how I'd want to set it up to where because you get the the, the top two because the skill gap between everybody else and a between third and fifth round in there is not that big, but there's a big difference between like Joe and Brad Reading, right? Like there's there's the, the, the skill there is a there's a big skill gap there, but you know between uh, some of the other players, there's not that big a gap, so she get down past the top ten. It makes it a lot easier to go. Then it just becomes kind of more of a preference. And, you know, and maybe we, you know, allow, and I say maybe, I'd I'd love to allow people to trade picks. So let's say someone wants to trade their, yeah, yeah. so then there's becomes this whole other little mini game that I'm I'm here. I think this could be a lot of fun. (laughs) I, I think it could be a lot of fun too. I would also point out that you'll notice that when you said there's a big skill difference between Joe Tiffany and Brad Reading, there was no controversy button at all. I think that's important that that's not controversial. Yeah, that was yeah. That's I mean, and Brad Brad is Brad. He's been one of my best friends for <laughs> my entire life, and um, he would he would also he would he would not be offended by me saying that. <laughs> I think it was a, I, I, well, I, I think it was apparent. I, I didn't feel I needed to press it there. You know, well, be, I, well, the listeners would make that determination well, for themselves. Well, we just need to clarify one thing: the, the, <laughs> it <laughs> uh, it is possible that when we talk about a skill gap, we're thinking about it in different directions. Um, uh, I think it's not controversial to say Joe is a top top player. Right, I would agree with that. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Brad's no. also good. Yeah, Brad's Bre- also yeah, good. Yeah, he is Brad, good. Brad's not a bad whirly baller, but he's, right. he's, Brad's a good whirly no. baller. Right. He yeah. just he also has been playing since he was what ten. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean Joe as well. I mean, they're, they're, Joe was in a whirly bug before he could walk. Yeah, and you know the yeah, yeah, was, the most exciting I mean, thing about this is I I know that I'm going to be one to get drafted. I'm not going to get assigned as a one and a two, so uh, that makes it more exciting for me. Uh, yeah, I mean it's it's possible that the uh, I think we still have to figure out like that works for the top division, and then when it comes right. to the B division, I think. We'll have to figure out how to choose captains and continue that because we we may need to reset. Oh, you and, mean I'm not playing in A? And well, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know who is right. Um, right. You know, the top twenty five in the country is uh, an exclusive club that any of us would be would be honored to be a part of. I paid my dues. What was that, Mark? 
So that's why I'm staying home to help the. Be the oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That gives yeah. us an opportunity. Way, way to round it off, Mark, by staying home. <laughs> yeah. Nothing to do with the baby. I'm just trying to help out. Yeah, it's rounding things out. Yeah, it's yeah. You, yeah. Your first love is whirly ball. Second, the child. <laughs> yeah, obviously. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, yeah, he's not going to hear this for a while. <laughs> So, uh, you know, in order to do that NFL-style draft, it it um, will require a number of folks coming in a little bit early um, on either Friday night or Saturday morning. That, yes. So that's kind of my – I'm hoping. Like, I'm hoping that um, we could do it Friday night. If not, um, we can probably push it to Saturday morning since we haven't – we basically normally have it – we have an extra day this one, right? Normally, yeah. uh, invites is only two days. Yeah. So it's like a Friday night, then Saturday, and then Sunday. Um, I've switched mine to Saturday because I need my Friday nights. Um, but if I block off all Saturday, then we have all Saturday, all Sunday, and then up until 7 o'clock on Monday. So we have an, a, a lot more extra time. We have two days of seating instead of one day of seating. And so um, that would allow us the time to really uh, – do this and if we need to we could push it to the morning if that's when be easier but also we have other tools at our disposal right like we got discord we got some other stuff we can make it happen where they can send us our picks and everything like there's ways it can be done to just be a bigger pain in the ass yeah. but- well, and, and the nice thing is is that i mean because i we would we would only be doing that with the a division right or would it be all the divisions so I think it would be the, the top one and then the second one and then the third. That That's if we have coaches um, and maybe we do something different there. Um, I th- The goal is to basically max stream like an hour and a half right. or have an hour and a half of thing. So um, I don't know if we're going to be able to get through to the third because if we do longer than an hour and a half, now we're getting into – Getting well, into real long territory. Um, I mean, it's just my so, opinion that the C division, we probably it would be just bode well for them if we just, you know, the higher uh, divisions created those teams rather than having a draft. But that's just my yeah, opinion. I, I think I think you are correct. I think that that is the the better route to go. I think the basically if we got the coaches in there or or. Other people to sit down and you know, go. Okay, how do we make this work? Okay, you know what are these guys good at? What is you know what are your guys good at? Because um, I, I know that I know my players, but I don't really know a whole lot of uh, other players yeah. who are in lower divisions. Because I don't coach yeah. C very much anymore. Well, and, so. you can, and and you know if we get enough players uh, of that caliber on Friday to come in, you know we could knock that you know. Uh, out of the way, you know, the C first, and then that way we can, uh, you know, either later into that Friday evening, if not, like you said, Saturday morning, we could, uh, you know, have more time for the draft style. Right. Exactly. Yeah, cool. Exactly. Yeah. And we don't need to so, like listening to this. I was going to say listening to this and like thinking of uh, how the draft goes, you know, so for one, do you plan on live streaming the draft? Like, that that is my that is my plan. Um, I'm gonna have so I'm gonna have my command center set up, um, which is what I call my pretty room that has my uh, area that has all my wires and stuff run to it. Um, yeah. And so, will there be a green room for the players? <laughs> if Kyle Phillips um, drafts I, you, do you get a pink hat? <laughs> <laughs> I think um, I. 
I'm not sure exactly how much we'll, we'll get more into technical details later um, as far as like yeah. where we're going. Um, but I, I think um, it's safe to say right now, like we'll have basically two camera angles uh, to start um, one facing um, some people who can come in and talk and do that sort of thing. And then the person at, you know, can go up and stand at the podium and do and announce the picks. Um, it'll look like, they're in two separate places. They're going to be in the exact same spot, but it'll look like it <laughs> using Hollywood magic. Um, <laughs> and so I think, I think Mark is lobbying to be better or irrelevant. When you talk about the C draft, it sounds like day three. So it's just going to have like the player's names just come across the screen. <laughs> instead of showing them. You, and speaking of, the forms and graphics, uh, make sure you fill up the Google form that is on Facebook. Um, that way I know if you're coming or not. And in there I have a taking a, uh, taking a headshot. You don't necessarily have to do that. Um, but it does save me some time later cause I'll put a month out from it. Um, so here in a couple weeks I'll be starting making the graphics for that, uh, for that stream. When, when was this posted? Because uh, this is uh, the first I'm hearing about it. Was this uh, today? Oh, really? or, yeah, or, yeah, I don't... It was, I think, yesterday that it came up, or two days ago. Um, and it's either on the Whirly Ball book, uh, Whirly Ball Facebook, or it's in the event. So it's in the event for... Oh, um, I wonder the, if that's... It's probably the event... I bet that's why. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so you go to so you go to the event part of it, and then that's where the Google form is. And make sure you guys fill it out because that makes my life a lot easier. Let's see here. The next evolution is uh, uh, taping like their voiceover for when you have them. So it'd be like, oh yeah, I am Brad Reed, and I'm from such and such high school, and I play offensive rover. <laughs> I thought about I thought about doing that. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Monday night football. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. I thought about doing that, but um, Ruska said that uh, that is above my tech my technical abilities right now. <laughs> yeah, understandable. So, you know, if we can jump back uh, a little bit, it is something that I was hoping to talk to you about. Are these positions? So you mentioned the offensive rover uh, a couple of times, and, and and it implies a defensive rover. Um, what are other, what, what do, what does the offensive rover, what is a defensive rover? What do they do? What is that? What does that mean? Do you practice those positions and what are their instructions? Oh man, you caught me. I was trying to, I was trying to, I was trying to avoid this. All right. All right. Okay. So. <laughs> We've been um, studying, man. Yeah. yeah. Um, we found that uh, coaching lower levels and stuff, it became a lot easier in order to break up the div- break up the positions into easy to follow flow charts. And so the offensive rover, defensive rover, they rotate back and forth constantly. Um, but the way we describe it is your offensive rover is your prima donna. They're going to be one who wants to take all the shots. And your defensive rover is to cover for the offensive rover. Is like the and defensive so- rover like the four then? No, so four is uh, four is going to be a, a the a separate position. Um, four has a whole different set of a flow chart that he follows than he does with the defensive rover. And so, like what we do is we we number them one, two, three, four, five. In D, you're allowed to make one rotation. So four can go to three, and three can go to four, and three can go to two, and two can go to three. But you but it's not two's responsibility to cover four. 
two only goes to three. And so like the way we coach, mm-hmm. that has to do with how we coach it for lower yep. levels. Right. And then in C, you can move two positions. And then by the time you get to B, you should be fluent in three. And then by the time you hit A, you should know all of them. And so that's, that's kind of the, so the, I got into kind of how we teach our stuff, which I probably necessarily shouldn't have done as far as like for that stuff. But, and I don't want to go too far into kind of what are you, what are you afraid we're going to take secrets from your coaching style and break down. No, nobody listens to this. <laughs> yeah. What, 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 I've, what, I've four of us. What, what I've learned is that I am not the smartest person in the world. And there are people who are going to be able to do things with information that I don't know how to, how to control. And so I get, I get real nervous whenever I start giving away, I'll call them trade secrets Ooh. on, um, how we uh, how, how we coach and the and our philosophy and how and how we look at things because then um, somebody could go well that's not right but if I make this week over here then now I'm invincible and will never lose and I'm like oh god I can't believe I gave them that information yeah. why didn't I think of that I mean you obviously so, have something something cooking because earlier in the podcast you said that without question you could put together a team to win the unlimited championship so obviously you know some stuff that uh that we don't know oh i i just i know that um uh my my uh, we have good enough players now um i watched the unlimited game uh that you guys had uh you know this the this year and um there were a lot of mistakes made on both sides and it didn't it, it was it was real easy to spot and i was like okay these these this is not it wasn't um, insurmountable. It looked it looked like a normal, above average A game. It was an above average A game. Yeah, that's that's what it was. And and I was like, okay, well, that's not as big of a difference. It's not like jumping from B to A. You know that that skill gap jump. Mm-hmm. A to unlimited is not close. To that I mean, I mean, we've last year we had to even out our teams just to keep our player pool right. Yep. So. And there you have it, folks. She's saying that the jump from A to unlimited isn't insurmountable. You heard it here, folks. Um, It's good. It's good. It's good. I like it. I like it. Um, So I'm just going to point out saying, Snowy, don't worry about your trade secrets. I am not intelligent enough to figure it out. Um, well, I was going to yeah. ask more questions. Are yeah. we moving on? Well, no, no. I'm I'm just, I just wanted to point that out. Just put that out there. It, he, he's safe in that regard. I, I, will, I will go through them for you guys. Um, right. We got a goalie, standard goalies, your five. Um, four is a, your secondary defender. Their job is to make sure that the goalie's okay and to not over-rotate. Yep. Did you hear that, um, Steve? Yes. Okay. Do it. Yeah, because uh, yeah. the four. Yeah, I wrote it down as well. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You have your defensive rover. Defensive rover. Um, who is there? Yep. Who is there to their whole their whole job is um, protecting the defense as from the offensive end. So a force coming up, they make sure that the four hasn't over rotated. They also cover over for the two. Yeah. Um, or the offensive rover, who's yeah. your prima donna, your shooter, your your um, your wing Gretzky's, your your just I'm the best ever. Uh, Ron James is that's you know right there. That's those those are your people. The the go kill them attitudes, yeah. and then you have your cherry picker. Yep. Okay. So okay, gotcha. I was just about to ask if that person was cherry, but no, that's no, they yeah. they are their own uh, person. They're the shooter. Uh, 
or well, I mean, you could argue two shooters, right? Or what? Well, yeah. So if you have one shooter, they'd be offensive rover or right. two. Okay. And and because yeah, so, so like you have like Ross. Ross is his uh, offensive rover. No, Ross is got probably is his primary cherry. What? Oh no, I'm I'm looking at well, I'm looking at that right player now. coach. So so that that's player coach. coach. Okay. Yeah, so the idea for the player coach was that, like, player coaches were, like, also the team captains and the owners of the team, and so they could make the trades, depending on what they wanted to do. <laughs> I thought it was going to have, like, this whole subtext plot that just never kind of panned out. But <laughs> Oh, and, that's, <laughs> and you, bring up, you bring up an interesting thing, Snowy. You guys actually do player trades or swaps in your guys' leagues. How, how, can you explain that really quick? Yeah, so generally we don't. Um, for this, because I knew it was going to be a big commitment, I wanted there to be seven people per team. Um, that way, uh, one, that would guarantee, uh, hopefully guarantee me four people aren't playing at one time. And so they could be helping me do my stuff, and they could also be um, refing. Um, that didn't always pan out, but that was the idea. Gotcha. And then they were guaranteed to have two games. Um, uh the trading between the teams was to create some sort of a actual continuous storyline as far as the, the league actually meaning something and happening and what was going on. So that was my whole idea behind that was like, Oh, well, if I do, um, you know, these, these guys do these player trades and that would make sense. And then they got traded back for this next game. And that's totally fine because it doesn't really matter. You know, the mix between wrestling and, and volleyball. And like, that's uh, why so I never really kept standings. I should have. And I was like, it doesn't matter because I know how it's going to end anyways. Because <laughs> um, I needed it to end on a Wednesday because I was going to have surgery the next week. <laughs> so wow. like, I knew exactly how it was going to go. And like, I'm sorry if I, if I, if I spoiled it for anybody. A spoiler alert, I guess I should have said ahead of time. That, uh, <laughs> I've just ruined it for everybody. Um, but yeah, that's, that was the idea. The, the trading was uh, meant as a way for me to allow players to move between. Um, but sometimes like it wouldn't make any sense for Bolte to come over to Hearst and play on the Hearst team as a trade, um, which is why he was brisk Colty. Um, and then I put some awesome sunglasses and a fake mustache on him. Nice. And that's why, yeah. So anytime a player isn't actually traded, but I needed them on the, on the court that night for that, they would have a alternate name. And that was how I kept in my head to make sense. Um, I wanted to see, I wanted to actually also try out and play with having seven people and being able to rotate people out at stoppages of play and what that would actually look like. Um, but we never quite got to that point where it made sense to start trying to work that in. Yeah, that's, uh, yeah, that's an interesting, you know, line changes in whirly ball is an interesting, interesting thought experiment. Right, yeah. I wanted I wanted to see it in action because I wanted to do it last year, last year and it didn't work. So, yeah. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah. make sure you uh, tune into our live stream on Monday. Snow, we got playoffs, so there should be some good uh, heated yelling uh, from players to the ref and a bunch of other stuff. Uh, a lot of exciting whirly ball action. Should be good times. Yeah. Oh, and just uh, total randomness, Noah, Mark, forgive me, Snowy, forgive me, uh, but I was watching uh, one of our last games on Monday earlier, and I just want to point out to people out there uh, a couple of quick uh, rules uh, that we need to address really quick. One, uh, 
If a car falls, or a car, good lord, it's late. Um, if a ball falls into your car, in order for it not to be a handball, you must take the ball, place it in your scoop, and then set the ball down on the court. Uh, from, closest, your scoop. from your scoop. Closest to uh, the, nearest the, defender. the nearest defender, exactly. If you take the ball with your bare hand and take it out of your car with your bare hand and place it down on the, the electric floor with your bare hand... That's a handball, technically. Yeah, and and the argue, yeah, that's the argument. It's a handball, and some people would say it's also a safety issue as well. Which that's why. It's yeah, handball. yeah, I can see. And then the other thing I want to point out, um, something Noah was very passionate and spicy about on Monday is if I'm glad the guy watched it. Yeah, and Mark witnessed this as well. Mark, I, I really enjoyed your commentary. You and Stan. Well, well, actually, Mark, you want you want to you want to take this one, Mark, since you know you witnessed it from the the bird's eye view. No, no, no. I, I, I like it, it better from Noah. <laughs> yeah, I, I live. Let Noah live it. Okay. Well, well, Noah, how about you, Sam? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. I, uh, first of all, we thank all of the refs who right. volunteer their time. Uh, we're very grateful. This one was funny. So the other team had just shot the ball effectively and uh, made made the basket and so the ball was uh, rolling around on the floor and it and my team uh, we were supposed to go pick up the ball uh, so I lollygagged on the way over there and I bumped I think it was Barrett yes uh, to just trying to get keep a little bit of position on Barrett because you don't want that guy floating around free and clear. And so I kind of prioritized my position against Barrett versus getting the ball, even though the ball was very obviously closest to me and I, I it, it's on me to go pick up the ball. So the ref saw that I was delaying picking up the ball and the game clock was running and he called a delay of game. Now the confusing part was... The delay of game was called right after I hit Barrett with the car. So it could have appeared like Barrett hit oh. me and I was and, and Barrett was delaying the game. But really, I hit Barrett and I could have gotten out of this way. Um, but the delay of game was called and the ref awarded initially two points uh, uh, against me to the other team. Uh, so the ball was mine to go pick up. I was lollygagging to the ball, and the ref dinged me for a delay of game and awarded points to the other team. The rule actually says you don't award points in that case. You just start the possession clock. You and start it, the 30 second. And clock. it's not even a delay of game. And it's not a delay of game. You just start the clock. Right. There's no actual violation there. And so when I saw that, uh, I had the right to the ball and got dinged for a delay of game. And it was a two-point penalty. Um, I was inspired to passionate response. And um, we cleared it up uh, at halftime. At halftime, uh, the score was was corrected. And, right. And uh, no harm, no foul. Right. And, and, and this particular individual, he... Uh, didn't doesn't hadn't refed in quite some time, or at least not that and, much and as of some, late. And, and also, it is uh, uh, they were saying that they had had that called against them in games, and so that may have been the case. Right? We all learn what the rules are for the most part by the way the referee calls it. 
Um, and so the referees at different centers and at different times, uh, you know, they define the way the game is played by defining where that line is between what's okay and what's not okay. And the cool thing is, is that that particular ref actually learned because it was either that same game or a later game on where yeah, John Weber, you know, he had an opportunity to get the ball. He turned out of it to try and, you know, maintain their three the on position. two position. Um, and then he started the clock. Just he didn't call it. So it awesome job by him. Yeah. But yeah. anyways, yeah, like I said, I just wanted to bring um, those to light, you know, in case that comes up in other centers and people are aware of exactly what to do. I, I want to add one thing of complexity to it. Yes, please. Um, if you, okay. So if you're maintaining your defense position and the ball, you are closest to the ball and you should be going to get it, but you're not. So the ref starts the clock, the possession clock, whenever you could have had possession, right? Yes. Now, if your team is in the key on the other end, the key should also start. Uh, yeah, yeah. He, Snowy's saying that the, the key starts because technically you have possession even though the ball's not in your scoop. Well, let me, ask, let me ask a complicating question. Uh, just mm-hmm. um, So let's say the ball is... You know, I'm closest to the ball and it's floating around near me, but I haven't picked it up. The The possession clock starts. The key clock starts. I still haven't picked up the ball. My mm-hmm. my buddy gets out of the key, and so the clock continues to run, and I pick up the ball after 10 seconds have elapsed. Okay. Do, do I have to get rid of that ball within the next five seconds or risk a 15-second no. violation? No. Because you no. don't have it for no, 15. Because, because I never had possession. Well, it doesn't Correct. matter. There's not what? 15 seconds in order for you to have it, though. Well, yeah. so I never key. had possession. And so why did the key clock turn on? Because the key starts when possession starts, not personal possession time. Okay, so there's a difference the possession between clock. team possession and personal possession. Yes. Because your team has a thirty-second person, a, a thirty-second team possession yeah. clock timer. So personal possession is is interesting. When when does personal possession start and when does it stop? When you have control of the ball, yeah, control is personal possession. So let me let me ask a a question because I've 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 been curious about this one and I've dinged somebody before. So they had the ball for like twelve seconds. And they mm-hmm. bounced the ball off the wall back to themselves. That doesn't count. I called them for 15, 15 seconds with possession because, in my mind, it was very deliberate. They bounced the, wall, bounced the ball off of the wall to themselves. They effectively maintained control the whole time, even if they passed it to themselves. Right. Um, however, if they were to have shot it and it bounced off the backboard or the back wall, and came back to them and they got the rebound, I would have reset it. That's a good point. That is a good point. So so it sounds like we need to amend the rules that basically state that a shot on goal resets personal possession. And and then a shot on goal would need to be defined a little bit. Well, some... A shot at the backboard? Yeah, so the way the... the and it has to the hit basket, the backboard. That's how basketball does it, is it has to hit the backboard of the, or, and sometimes the rim. 
Um, but yeah, it has to hit. Uh, well, we didn't have any problem with that last week, did we, Mark? <laughs> cool. Uh, also, yeah. Also, fun scenario. Real quick. Sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. You just made me think on this. Um, no, you have the ball. Yeah. Um, I block it. It goes into the corner. It's your possession. I drive to the corner and keep you from the ball. If I never pick that up, I can stay there and let your entire possession run off before I pick it up. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Right? I yes, agree. That I, is. I learned that because I, I called that incorrectly at a Nationals last time it was in Seattle. Um, Zach Wagner taught this one to me. Uh, I can't remember who they were playing, but there were like less than a minute left. The other team shot the ball. Zach you know, corralled it in such a way that it bounced off of his car and the ball was between the, the back wall and his car. No other offensive player could get to it. And Zach was just sitting on the ball, preventing other people from getting to it, but he never picked it up. And right. I made a definitive call that he could have picked it up. Therefore, possession should change, <laughs> which is the wrong call. He should be allowed to let it sit. Uh, and, and the offensive possession go all the way uh, to zero before, and at that point, I should start their possession. I mean, I've, if if there if that player is well enough in the game to know to do that, yep, that's impressive. Like you, you should have that. That's you're so far in it. You realize that this is all happening, and you're able to. You know what? Tip of the hat. Like yeah. that's. Heads up play, great heads up play. Yeah, I, I uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've done that uh, uh, a few times, particularly since you know I, I got really clear on what that rule is. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, and 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 the key there, you know, the the I made the call, but I I made it very definitively, and I communicated with Zach, and I told him what was going on, so there wasn't wasn't confusion about the call and that led, you know, that, that, you know, it's the last like 45 seconds of the game, you know, knowing, knowing all of the clock scenarios were really important. So um, even if the referee botches it, I think it was okay because I clearly communicated what my bad call was. And so Zach was able to, to keep his, you know, his awareness. So essentially what you're doing there is you're, even though you technically don't have offensive possession you're essentially allowing your team an additional offensive possession, even though you technically don't have it you're, for however long the other team's offensive possession is. is. Let's say it's 10 seconds. Yeah, then you're I, essentially getting 40. Yeah. And I, I think I would describe those as those extra 10 seconds of defensive possession. Okay. Uh, Touche. Even yeah. better. Yeah. Even better. Yep. Yep. All right. Well, hopefully everyone uh, learned a little bit something about the rules. Uh, We touched on what's going on with the WNPA. We learned... uh, We learned all the secrets. We learned all the secrets to uh, Snowy streaming, uh, his teams. How how you coach a new team from zero to unlimited champion. All positions. All the positions. Unlimited isn't a far jump from A. Um, Baby step. Controversy. And... Uh, Joe Tiffany is significantly better than Brad Reading. Right. Uh, supposedly. Ale- allegedly. 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 <laughs> uh, and then, yeah, we got some, we touched some bases on, uh, base on the, or, oh, wait, the invite, of course, invite coming up yep. uh, February 4th through the 6th, uh, or the 3rd, 3rd through 5th. Uh, but I am uh, 
recommending uh, and hoping that people get in on Friday. That's when Noah and I will be there. Uh, make sure you uh, reserve your hotel, 118 bucks a night. Uh, is at it at Hampton? Hampton it's a Hampton Inn. I think it's the same place where we are. And always, they're, and they're always. always awesome, awesome people who work there. And uh, the rooms are great. And it's right there. You, you can't go wrong with the Hampton. And um, Looking forward to the Tacos y Mas. The, yes, Tacos y Mas. Uh, Snowy, if, if, uh, I'm sure you have your, your usual like discounted deal arrangement that you have with those uh, people. And um, I'm looking forward to it. And yep. uh, yeah, I think that about wraps it up. Unless, Mark, did you have anything to add, Snowy? Yes. Bill from Chicago's real name is William. As, oh, oh and, and so and so is Chili's. If if you guys didn't know, his name is legal name is William as well. Noah's looking at me like, "What the heck? He didn't he didn't know that." Yeah, you, yeah, you didn't know that, did you? I learned that recently. His legal name, according to Anthony, is William Ola. He is a wow. junior. Yeah, so. There's hey, a, there's some new knowledge coming your way. Look at us. Look at us, by me. Yeah, and, peop, and we, pe- we will. And if your name is William and you play whirly ball, we will find you. <laughs> yeah, and, he, find and you. yeah, and here we thought that the uh, league was inundated with Brandons and Brads. Um, and Brads, but no, Williams, Williams on the rise. The Williams Secret are Williams. <laughs> right. We have William Nelson, don't we? Isn't that we've got a Willie Nelson? Yeah, Willie Nelson. There we go. But, yeah. Well, we've done it again. Another episode down. I don't know what number we're at, but it's got to be high. I want to thank Steve Snowy Swanson for Texas for joining us today. um, Giving us all the scoop on what's going on. Steve Vogt here, the ambassador. Mark Mills, Cramyard Slim. Money Mills. The podcast. The podcast. <laughs> and then everyone's good friend, Mr. Noah Aaron. How we doing? I'm going to be doing really good uh, come February because I'm going to go down there and who knows what's going to happen. Well, make sure Eat to listen. Tacos. Eat some tacos. Make sure you download, subscribe, What in the World podcast. And in the meantime, as always, don't let those whirly balls see you in the face. Unlimited rights.